Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. We are excited to talk about a great weekend at the Pete, dive into a little softball, maybe even talk a little track and field. But before we get into all that wonderful stuff, let me bring in my co-host, Mr. Lane Brady. Chuck, what's happening, man? Lane, I feel like, you know, we're just going to go ahead and be transparent listeners. Like, we have had the we? the most technical issues tonight that we've ever had. I think this is worse than the time we deleted Colin Cargill's episode and had to redo the it's whole up thing. There. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah, the, you, y'all are currently listening to, like, take eight at right least, now. At I'm least. I'm not even exaggerating. Like, take eight right now. So. That's funny. We've had Wi-Fi issues. We've had microphone issues, la- lagging mac- microphones. We had a five-year-old grab the mic and start talking in it. We've had, I mean, just just yeah. about all of it. If it could go so, wrong tonight, it did. And hey, the night's still young, baby. The night is still, <laughs> still young. Well, hey, uh, before we uh, dig into uh, bringing in the guests, I did want to give you a. A chance to update the listeners on how Mary Lois is doing and how her mom is doing, and if if there's anything we can do for y'all as e, uh, everyday eagles. Thank you, man. I appreciate you asking about her. Uh, I mean, we're good for right now. I appreciate you asking. You know what to do. Um, so I'll give you an update. She had another infection, so she's had infections off and on this whole time. Um, and she had one toward the middle of last week. And so it was after we recorded last week, but I mean, it was pretty early in the week and they took her back to Jackson. She's been in ICU for several days. Um, and they think they found the source of it. And so they're having surgery tomorrow to remove an infectious port that she had. And, uh, hopefully that will end all the constant infections she's had. So Absolutely. I was in there earlier. I was in there earlier today. Um, you know, during the week, it's hard to get up there for me. Mm-hmm. My wife, fortunately, has had an understanding boss that's helped her a lot. But, you know, it's hard for me to get up there during the week. But I went up there over the weekend, and her spirits are high. Good. She's doing well. So we – um we're making it, man. We're good so far, but you know, I mean, it's been with the help of a lot of people. And so Ex village, are definitely grateful. Yep. Well, you definitely uh, let us know if there's anything we can do to help for sure. I appreciate uh, it. Now, man. remind Thank me you. of Mary Lois's mom's first name. Vicky. Vicky. Well, we will definitely be praying for Miss yep. Vicky for sure. I appreciate it, man. So you look like you got sunburn this weekend. Chuck. I did get a little sun. You know, it was a beautiful day and it felt great outside. And you for, always forget that the sun can cook you if you ain't careful. But uh, I did get some sun today. 
Now tell me, do you darken up good? Like, do you get a good suntan oh, after that, no. or are you just going? I'm, I am. I'm part to... Irish, baby. I, I cook. I turn <laughs> red, and then I'm right back to being white. You gonna go right back yep. to what you were before, huh? Yes. Man, I got burned bad at a track meet a few weeks ago, and I had a friend look at me like the day after the track meet, and she was like, "That's impossible. How is your arm so dark already right. after you just got burned yesterday?" Not fair. And it's just. That's how it goes. So, good weekend at the Pete, though, was. man. We'll talk about we it more we later. Will. But Yeah, our guest tonight is actually from my hometown, big city of Purvis, Mississippi. So, uh, Mr. Basher Green, what's up, man? What's up, fellas? Happy to be here. Look, and I want to... Basher. Go ahead, Lane. Basher, your name sounds like the MVP of a slow pitch men's softball league. Well, that's what I'm envisioning right now. It is a uh, it is a family name on my dad's side, and I don't think I could be uh, the MVP with the warning track power that I have. So, what warning? Hey, at least you got warning track power. Sometimes I can't even get out of the infield. So, you seem to me like you play shortstop. Right beside Frank the Tank playing third base. You know what I'm saying? That's just what I'm envisioning right now, a softball Frank league. Frank the Tank. So, need to make that happen, Basher. We do. We need – you need a – Everyday Eagles needs to sponsor a Tatum tournament. Park softball there team. We yeah. Yeah. There we go. That actually would be fun. I'm I'm actually on a team at Tatum right now with some buddies from my Sunday school class. Haven't made it to a single game yet, but I'm well, on the team. Well, they just start this week, so. Yeah. We start, we start just, next Monday, co-ed. Yeah, I think weather – like, I'm pretty sure our game got canceled it last did. week. We started last – yeah. Did. So – well, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Lane, do you want to you want to ask Basher our first two questions? Sure, I can. Uh, Basher, tell us why are you an everyday eagle? Well, man, I guess just growing up in Purvis and uh, being so close to campus, I can remember being in uh in junior high and uh, a guy named Roger Jackson, who was father of a friend of the show, Tyler Jackson, uh, took me to my first uh, USM game and uh. You know, I moved off from Purvis after ninth grade, moved to Arkansas. Actually, oddly enough, on the day we were recording, I went my freshman year to Arkansas State University. Wow. And then uh, we moved back down uh, here. The year after that, my parents did. And uh, I moved back down here to be closer with them and went to Pearl River and been in the Hattiesburg area ever since. Uh, and I haven't missed uh, very many football, basketball, or baseball games since that 2005 year so nice so ironically basher's from purvis and he has had zero wi-fi issues tonight ironically right hey we <laughs> we got xfinity all the wi-fi we got xfinity here happy to have it there you go all all the wi-fi issues were being yeah. chuck literally literally ba- basher's just been sitting there like what kind of operation did i just sign up right right. right now yeah so, Basher, tell us what it was like going to Arkansas State, man. Was it pretty cool? or uh, Man, know, I what, had a good time. What's it like up there? I had a good time there. I, uh, my The town that I lived in, Arkansas, was super, super small. It was about an hour away from Jonesboro, about an hour uh, northwest of Jonesboro, where Arkansas State is. It's a, you know, it's kind of an ag school. You know, Jonesboro is a very, very similar town to Hattiesburg. Uh, 
demographic wise, size wise, um, university size is roughly the same. It, uh, I don't think it has the, the soul or the spirit of Hattiesburg or the campus does at USM. And I, I think that's the biggest difference in the two places. So, well, I got, you know, let me ask you that I'm a true crime junkie. Um, I can't remember what year this happened, but were you up there when the whole John uh, Benet Ramsey thing went down, or do you remember any of that? So, Chuck, I think John Benet was going to be in Colorado. Um, there was the West Side School shooting was in Jonesboro, and that that's been right. You're the right. year before I moved up there, you're right. You're right. I was wondering where where you were going with the John. I could have swore thing. for some reason <laughs> John Benet was in Arkansas. I don't know why I thought that. I was questioning myself over here, like, was she in Arkansas? That's the brain tumor kicking in. I was sitting there. Well, ignore that statement then. Uh, uh, and I know, I know the answer, but just just for for clarification, who were you rooting for this past weekend? Oh, I haven't rooted for uh, anybody but Southern Miss since All I've right. been back. I I do root for Arkansas State when they're not playing us, just because I've got so many. You know, old friends Good there friends, and yeah. that I like to see them happy, but I, I'm in no way passionate about their athletic programs. So. Good answer. Well, then our next question, Basher, is what is your favorite Southern Miss moment, aside from being on the show? <laughs> well, number one, definitely tonight. Number two, it's uh, it's really hard not to pick uh, the regional last year, uh, the clinching game against LSU, but I'm going to have to say the 2016 opener at Kentucky. Um, we were actually up there for that game. And uh, the comeback, that was the 30, I think we scored 35 unanswered in that game to to win that one. Um, beautiful weather that day. Lexington was awesome town. Uh, just had a great time. So. Lane wouldn't know. He turned the game off and went and did yard work. Sadly, that's true. <laughs> You didn't have to choose violence tonight, Chuck, but sadly, that's true. Only because you've told that story before. Yes, it's been known and said on the show before. I gave up and turned it off at halftime. We were down like 35 to 3 or something and went outside and started doing yard work. And my wife came out and said, hey, it's we scored two touchdowns. I, I just kind of was like, okay, cool. She comes out later and she's like, hey, we're only down by one touchdown. I ran in and saw the final, <laughs> like, you know, the last of the game. But, um, yeah, I was a – I learned a, a tough lesson that day, Basher. Yeah, that uh, – so. I didn't have a choice but to sit through it. But I would – if we ever happen to go up there again for any sport, it's a place that I would recommend to just about anybody. Their fans were great. They weren't similar to what we see at our in-state schools and everything. They were very – very cordial and complimentary of everything. And it, uh, I don't think they were really expecting things to go the way they did for them that evening. But yeah, I, I believe that is the most polite way I've ever heard somebody diss an entire group of fan base. <laughs> that was very tactful, Basher. So, yeah. Uh, there were some angry Kentucky fans after the game, I'm sure, though, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. They, uh, you know, they were having a lot of fun in the first half, and they didn't have very much fun at all in the second half. Uh, overall, though, it was a it was a really great experience. They weren't uh, weren't throwing things or cussing too bad. So. Well, that's good. Not nothing like their WKU counterparts. Those guys are awful. Oh, no. Yeah, nothing like those guys at all. Well, Bash, tell the uh, tell the listeners what you do for a living, man. 
Yeah, that's why I was about to ask. Tell us about yourself, man. Where are you living now? What do you do? All that. So we, uh, after we got, I got married in 2013, we uh, lived in Oak Grove for a while, lived in Summerall for a while, but I've been back in Purvis for about three years now. I uh, work for a company called Priority One. It's a logistics company uh, headquartered in Little Rock, and I'm our South Mississippi Territory Manager. So I sell trucking and international shipping service. Nice. And you're married and got kids? Yep. Married uh, 2013 to my wife, Melinda, so we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Nice. And I have a just-turned-9-year-old son, Nolan, and a soon-to-be 6-year-old son, Price. Wow. We don't, I don't feel old enough for y'all to have, like, 10-year-old kids, man. <laughs> Neither do I. Right, right. Crazy. Well, uh, I think I heard a knock at the door. Is our, our mailbag guy here yet? Uh, yes. I don't think you heard a knock at the door I, at I all. I didn't. I was waiting for like a sound bite or something. Uh, I mean, Lane, he's been slacking. You know, he was supposed to do it. Am I supposed um, to knock? <laughs> I thought you had the uh, everybody in the conference room sound bite ready to go for this. We'll, we'll just uh, we'll move on from that. But I was really hoping that Lane would knock. Hey, you knock, knock him. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mason's gonna come running downstairs now. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? I know. But yeah, we we've actually got a we've actually got some mail in today. Uh, we got more. Uh, we got some mail, more comments than questions today. Um, we've actually got. Okay, so the first one here is from Marsha Tabor, and she wrote into the show last week and said. I have a daughter that was a part of the track and field team, and my oldest son was part of the men's tennis team years ago. I wanted to thank you all for bringing light to these teams on your show. Um, it is very much appreciated. They don't get the spotlight and recognition that they deserve. Yes, well, thank, thank you. you for sending that in, Marsha. And it's, it's it is true. true. And Marsha, we would love to talk to your son and daughter. So anytime they want to come on the show, just tell them to. Email the show, and we'd love to hear some uh, track and field stories and some tennis stories. Yes, please. Thank you for would, listening, Marsha. That's that's really cool. It's good to know people appreciate what we're doing, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we we definitely anybody that wears the black and gold and represents this university, we love. We want to spotlight them. So, Absolutely, we do. Yes, if anyone is welcome to join on the show at any time. Just make sure that you bleed black and gold, and sure. we'll get you on here for sure. No doubt. It is and then, for uh, Southern Miss fans. Bye, Southern, Southern Miss, Miss fans. fans. That's right. Yeah, That's right. You got so, it right this time. All, uh, Yeah, so we want to cover all sports. We want to give our fans mm-hmm. a chance to get their moment in the spotlight. Just everything. Mm-hmm. We're all about promoting. All about promoting people and promoting – these sports, even the ones that don't necessarily get all the recognition that they deserve, because they practice mm-hmm. a lot. They've got rigorous schedules and routines they go through, too. And mm-hmm. so they definitely oh, yeah. deserve a spotlight. No doubt about and that. And our track team has been one of the best around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so yeah. if you don't know about Southern Miss track, you just – you don't know about collegiate track period because our track team has been doing, they've been doing like we, we've been talking about a lot of success stories they've had mm-hmm. and uh, they've been doing this for a long time. So yes, they, they certainly have. 
No doubt about that. And then we actually had another message got sent into the show from James Lathan. James, James actually wrote in and said, uh, love the podcast, love the energy, and love the team behind it. He did mention that Lane Brady is always so loud, though, <laughs> and wrote, go Eagles. Thank you <laughs> well, so tell us something much we for don't saying know, that. We've been, Peyton and I have been wondering how we could address that with Lane without hurting his feelings, and you did the job for us, so thank you. <laughs> yes, thank, thank, you. You, thank you, James, for bringing that up. <laughs> Is this better, we love James? you, Lane. We love you. Is this better, James? Is this what you want? <laughs> no, actually, there there's a good explanation behind this, James. Uh, I got a new microphone about a he month did. ago. And, uh, I, yeah, I didn't get it paid. actually got it and bought it and I just sent him the money cause I clearly, it's been stated multiple times. I have no clue when it comes, if you have to plug it in, I don't know how to work it. So, uh, pay, <laughs> I told pay, just tell me what I owe you. And he went out and got us a, got us a mic and me and Chuck got new mics and more or less, uh, I need to, and this is also on my part too. I need to. We're, we're still testing all this new equipment out. We've got new microphones for Chuck and Lane because they've just been using their phones since we started back this podcast. And so we're, we're still trying to figure some things out on that end. So do appreciate everyone's patience. And uh, yeah, I can definitely fix that later down the road, but still trying to work the kinks out. So yeah, James, it's just learning some new technology over here and learning the right way to do it. It's going to get better as time goes on, but we notice when little stuff like that happens. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad you like the energy, James. I'm glad you kind of picked up on that because I feel like what we do here is it, it's genuine. You know, like we try to, we like our vibes, don't we, Chuck? We do. We We kind of like... Like Chuck and Pete and I, we, we kind of, we talked a lot early on, especially with this podcast and we got ready to reboot it for this next season about what is our niche? What are, like, who are we? What are we trying to do? And, um, we really like for the energy to come from, this is a group of buddies who are just sitting around chatting about what they love about Southern Miss sports, you know, and we wanted to keep that same energy and uh, I'm glad that that's getting across to people because that's honestly, it's genuine. That's what it is. Like, um, if you go back and listen to really early episodes of this show, I think you notice a difference and a big difference is in like the chemistry of Chuck Payton and myself uh, on the show because over time we've grown to be really good friends just Let's by doing the show. Let's ahead of ourselves now. And so... I'm just kidding. I'm just yeah. Kidding. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's <laughs> you know, it's it's been fun to see because, like, I'll be honest, James. We just look forward to getting on here, and we just we're chatting with buddies. We just happen to do it through a microphone and a computer, mm-hmm. you know. We happen to put it out there, and people like it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's genuine. It comes from a, a genuine place. That's that's who we are and that's what we're doing. So what you hear is actually what's going on, even though we have to do retakes and all that. But I mean, it's three buddies who want to give people a chance to be in the spotlight, so to speak, and give them their moment to talk about their favorite team. And that's what we do. So it's been fun. Absolutely. Thanks for the, 
the the input, James. Keep it coming, man. We love we love uh, yeah positive feedback, uh, critiques, man. Anything yeah. we can make do to make the show better or flow smoother, we definitely want to hear about. So please, yeah. And uh, guys, as a matter of fact, we've actually got a question oh. sent in last minute from our dear friend Little Debbie. Dum dum dum. And this question is specifically for our dear friend Lane. Chuck, what did you do? I did not do anything. Go ahead. It's it's not Chuck, but yeah, this was written into the show. Little Debbie asks, Lane, why do you hate penguins? And if we make it to Omaha, will you finally wear the penguin suit? Yes, little Debbie, yes. I was wondering. I forgot about the penguin thing. <laughs> I totally forgot about what it said. Why do you so, hate penguins? I was like, I don't hate penguins. Do I hate penguins? Did I say I hated penguins? It's like, I don't think I hate them. See, little Debbie, you've got to understand, I have this image to uphold of being a fantastic dresser 24-7, and I'd hate to ruin that. I think you can put up your Hall 316 shirt or your your whoever, John 316, whatever it is. Mm. It is Hall 316. And uh, yes. I haven't worn it this year because I didn't Austin wear it to his first game That's and he won. Yeah. And so, mm. yeah. Nice. So, so <laughs> no, I would rather not wear a Pigwood costume ever. E- even if we made it to Omaha? Uh no, you could be like the rally not. penguin, man. Because I want to be the I rally be, penguin. Yes, I want to be comfortable. You don't have to wear it the whole time. That's gonna be hot, bro. Do you yeah. not remember how hot super regionals were last year? Oh, oh yeah, my legs are still second degree burned. <laughs> right. Yeah, that'd be miserable. Mid July, mid June. Mm. <sighs> Sorry, dude. I love your cakes. But I don't love penguins that. Or much. apparently, Southern Miss baseball. Sorry, Deb, and apparently on. not. Like, like wearing a penguin costume is uh, gonna make it, them win. I didn't say not. it would make them win. It would show support. Yeah, it would. I support them. All right. Well, let's Great. dive in. Is that all the all questions right. we have? Hey. That that's all we've got. That's all we've got this week. Uh, just like we said earlier. Anyone can write into the show. Feel free to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast. You can send us a message or write in a question to Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles. You can find us there, or you can email us at Everyday Eagles Podcast at gmail.com, and we will be more than happy to answer your questions on. on the show. Little Debbie, you're still one of my faves. My so. favorite, too. The people who write in, or people who wrote in, seriously, thank y'all. We appreciate it. We we really do. Yes, we sure do appreciate all of them. And uh, all right, Pete, was well, that all we got, man? Yeah, that, that's all we've got today, fellas. All right, then why don't you lead us off into our holy cow segment? Holy cow! All right, guys. So before we name our holy cows, we need to name who. All of you said was your MVP of the week. Uh, we actually put out a tweet this week uh, on Sunday asking who was your MVPs. And let's run through what you said. So first, Katie, I think, is that Katie Kelly? Is that who that is? That is her. 
Yeah, Katie Kelly. See, she didn't put her last name on there. Confusing. Anyway, Katie Kelly said Dustin or Sarge. They delivered in the series and in the midweek games. Jackson Kennedy said the bats. Like, can we nominate Travis Grill for our Holy Cow player? Just curious. The bats are, are rolling right now. Um, Corey Langham said between Hall and Dickerson. Two good selections there. And then uh, Jake Miser said 15 Ks, which I believe is in reference to Tanner Hall there. So uh, good ones there. All of them good ones. Chuck, give us who your holy well, Lane, cow player is. You know, I feel is. like there's a hundred different people we can name this week, but I'm going to give a shout out to my girl Hannah Borden, who uh we were sitting there Friday at the game. We went over to the softball game before the baseball game because they were giving out some really cool uh hats. Um whoever the marketing person was there, home run on the hats if you're listening. But anyway, we were sitting there, and um, she, I mean, it was a, right off the bat, you knew it was gone. I mean, homegirl, and I think it was number nine on the season for her, just phenomenal swing. Beautiful. So I'm going to give it to Hannah Borden, Southern Miss catcher. That's a good one, man. She's really kind of caught fire of late, too. She's uh, She's been doing... Really, really well. So that's a good pick there. Basher, what Golden Eagle athlete made you say, holy cow, Man, this I went with week? the super obvious Tanner Hall. He did have 15 Ks, only gave up three hits, walked two, one earned run in the start. That 15 K is a career high and in a very decorated career so mm-hmm. far. And he looked like the Tanner Hall that we saw last year. Tanner Hall we saw earlier this year. It looks like his arm's probably starting to loosen up and get healthy for him and really excited about watching him finish out the season. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Somebody had to say Tanner Hall, the Hall American. He is, he is. really, really good at baseball, which is no surprise. We Malane, what say you? All right, so my holy cow player, uh, this might just be like recent bias here because – you know, we're recording on Sunday night right after the game. But, guys, I'm going with Blake Johnson. Good choice. Because on Sunday, guys, Blake Johnson went four for four at the plate. Uh, he ended up scoring three runs, hit a double, two home runs, four RBIs. Um, his home run total on the season now is up to five. And he is really starting to bloom at the plate a little bit more. Uh, you know, going into it, into this season, he was kind of more so known as a catcher with a with a good serviceable average, but he was really good at blocking balls behind the plate, and you never wanted to run on him. Like, if you run on him, he will hose you. And that was just kind of the – that was who Blake Johnson was, and we're starting to see a little power surge out of him, and that's been fun to see. Uh, remember, he was the first one; he was our first homer of the year, was Blake Johnson. So he is putting together a good campaign this year. Exciting to see. Good no work doubt, by Blake. for sure. It, it, it's good to see Blake's bat um, coming hot. So we're going to need that down the stretch. 
We are, and he kind of has a history of getting hot in postseason mm-hmm. play. First story. If you'll remember, I think he was on the tournament team in Oxford yeah. back at that regional, and um, he left the yard a couple times in that regional. So he's he's known for getting hot during the during the postseason. So yeah. hopefully, this is the start of the tear that he's about to go on. All right, and so now let's dive into next week and let's fire up the can't wait segment. Can't wait. Chuck, what about this next week makes you say I can't wait? Well, uh, you know, like you said, we're recording Sunday night just after the Sunday game, and today was uh, the return of the Mac, uh, Mr. Matt Brady. uh, Matt Brady. Matt Adams. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Dang, Mabbit. Um, but I think, I think Maddie ice was on a pitch count today. Um, they pulled him in the second. I hope that he didn't tweak anything else. A little soreness. I'm hoping it was just a pitch count. Cause I think he was like right at 50 pitches in those two innings. Um, so I, I can't wait to see, um, you know, when he is unleashed and released and he is back to slinging that ball like he does so well. I, I definitely think it was a pitch count thing. I don't, you know, it It would make sense for him to be on a pitch count. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got him at 42 total pitches thrown yeah. a day. Um, that sounds about right, coming back off of a shoulder injury. Plus, I mean, Arkansas State got to him early, too. They Maybe did. they just saw he wasn't. Maybe he just wasn't comfortable out there yet. A couple bullpens, maybe, and he'll be ready to roll again. So, um, I'm not. I'm not too concerned about another injury or anything. I just, I think he maybe didn't have it, and yeah, they had him on account anyway. So, but it is good to see Matt Adams get back. That's a good one. I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm anxious to see what he does this weekend and what he does moving forward. Basher, yeah. Who? What can you not wait to see this you know, week? I started to go with Peyto as my holy cow, and uh, I had to use him for the can't wait segment. Um, obviously, he had that monster grand slam today, but he is uh, on today. He was three for five, a double, the grand slam. Um, and what I can't wait for is to see him get back to the form that he was last year. Um, and that's no offense to to you, mm-hmm. or Parker, or those guys, but. He's such a next-level athlete and has so much juice in that bat that if we're going to do anything in the postseason, I, th- I think he's going to have to be on the field, and I think he's going to have to be big for us. Um, after the first game at Coastal last weekend, he was at 224. He's at 254 now, so he's jumped 30 points in just over a week. Um, we got Tulane and nice. USA coming up, uh, and I just think he's going to have to be big, keep putting him out there on the field. So, Yeah, man, he is – after last season, remember we came into this season and the big question was who's going to finish with the most homers, Sarge or Peyto? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, None of us said Wilkes. So. Yeah, here we are right now looking at Wilkes, staring down the barrel of maybe breaking Walner's record here. Um, but, yeah, he's, you know, he's a special caliber of an athlete. We got to get him going. And, uh, you know, did like – Basher and Chuck and Pay, did you kind of? I kind of saw that coming before that pitch was even thrown. I think it was a 2 0 count. 
And he just looked comfortable at the plate, and you were just like, this dude's yeah. about to throw a fastball, and he's about if, to hit it. A if long. I'm not mistaken, it was a 3-0 count. It may have been a 3-0 count. I mean, you're just watching it, and you're like, he's ahead in the count. This guy's about to try to squeak a fastball by him, and he's about to absolutely yeah, it hammer was, this ball. I think everybody just kind of saw right, that it was, coming. It was crazy you know? watching it live, and then um, I saw Jason Baker after the game, and I told him I couldn't wait to get home and watch the replay to – his call on it, and uh, right before the pitch is thrown, um, Baker and Cliff Russell both mentioned that uh, Peto's just looking for one pitch right now and one pitch only, and uh, he got it, and he absolutely destroyed that. Yeah, he did. It was the perfect call, too, because they literally – I was streaming it on my phone when it happened, and they literally said, well, he's up now. He's looking for one pitch here. And then about that time, he swings, and they went, and he got it. <laughs> and it just it got out in a hurry. Um, impressive. Very, very impressive. And hey, can we give some props to Jason Baker and Cliff Russell? Man, I love listening to those two. Oh, yeah, man. After listening to everybody else's right. commentators, you know, you gave a – a better appreciation for yours. Yeah, I feel like there's sure. definitely a lot more knowledge in that booth than what we see on most Sunbelt or the old, I say, broadcast. I don't think you get the quality of alumni that will come back like Russell does and everything. And, and Baker's been doing this to, you know, to mm-hmm. not be an old guy. Baker's been doing play-by-play in sports for so long that he's just so comfortable up there. Yeah, they're top-notch, man. All right, and so I guess it's to me now. I can't wait – to play South Alabama in a weekend series. It's been midweek after midweek for the longest time. I think our struggles with them are well documented in baseball. We've kind of gone back and forth throughout our history with them. And guys, I'm just excited to get them at Pete Taylor Park for an entire weekend. And I hope our fan base does what I think we should do and probably will do. And we make this place absolutely miserable for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a make no mistake about it, guys. This is a rivalry game. It is a game that's close in proximity. And there is a lot on the line right now. We are in the middle of a conference race. We'll talk about that more in the rundown. But, guys, we are in the thick of things right now, and there's no reason why we don't make this place as hostile as we possibly can this weekend and no reason why why our our, our boys don't end up taking the series and even sweeping these guys. We've right. got to – this needs to be our statement game to South Alabama. It really does, and I hope it is. Uh, I don't know. We talked about earlier in the year how they always – South Alabama always plays better when they play us. They just – for whatever reason, they play up in every sport when they play us. And so it's not going to be easy. We're going to have a lot of uh, – it's going to be tough this weekend. But, you know, this is a big weekend of baseball for us and for our university just from a rivalry standpoint. No doubt. So, y'all ready to dive into the rundown? Let's run it down. Beep, beep. All right. Before we get going with baseball and softball, uh, I want Basher here. We were talking before the show, and Basher has all this information ready to roll. Tell us what happened on NFL draft day, draft night, whenever it happened. Tell us what happened throughout the NFL draft and in the – 
days following it. What's going on with our Southern Miss football program? Where are these guys going? Well, we Who's going one where? draft selection this year. It's Eric Scott Jr. He went to the Cowboys in the sixth round, pick 178. Um, he was a corner for us. He uh, from the Kansas City area, and we got him out of Butler Community College. And I think you know anybody familiar with Southern Miss is familiar with Eric. He had a probably a very underrated career here. Um, got better every season he was here. Very long corner. I think he's got a really good chance of making that team. Um, I know he's going to play well in special teams in the NFL. Um, he's got a lot of length. He's not slow by any means. Um, and he's also the first player drafted under Will Hall, the first player we've had drafted since 2020. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a insight over the type of roster Hall took over and the rebuild that he's had to do here. Um, and in the free agent world we had a uh, jason brownlee signed with the jets and Takeem doss signed with the ravens and we had two more guys and natron brooks and don quiwan are getting mini camp deals brooks with the jets and quiwan with the bears um i think all those guys have a decent chance of making a roster i'd be very very surprised if jason brownlee does not make a roster somewhere this year um really really shocked that he did not get drafted i know he didn't have the greatest 40 time He's a big physical guy and was always plenty fast enough when he was on the field. I was about to ask, was anybody else as surprised as I was that he didn't get drafted? I don't understand. I'm going to say no, I wasn't, honestly. Like, a lot of people were like, I can't believe, you know, Scott got picked before Brownlee, and I, I was a big Eric Scott fan, you know. Well, Eric Scott, that didn't surprise me yeah. as much. Eric Scott had a really good combine, uh, and he was really, really good last season. You know, the reason why his stats didn't just jump off the screen was because people quit testing him. <laughs> you know, yeah. like he had the big pick versus Liberty. Had a bunch, You know, he had several big plays early in the year, and people just quit throwing at him. Um he had probably the play of the game in the bowl game that shut down anything Rice was trying to do comeback-wise in the corner of the end zone. Um, he'd been making plays all year, and then I heard he wowed a bunch of scouts with his raw talent too, you know, when they started putting him through the tests and the drills and stuff. So that didn't surprise me that he went before, but I was shocked that Brownlee didn't get drafted. I think he sat as number one on Mel's board for like a whole round. And nobody took him. So, I don't know. I was surprised. Have y'all ever watched that movie, Draft Day, with Kevin Costner? I'm just going to sit here and eat my pancakes and think about trading number one overall. Yes, I do. It's a good movie. (laughs) It's a great movie. I just watched it the other day. But, you know, it it really opens your eyes to the whole, you know, process of drafting and what these guys are doing behind the scenes and what all they really look at, you know, um, it's not, not, it's just not what's on the field and how they perform. It's, you know, did your teammates come to your birthday party? Do you, you know, or do you respect your family? Do you, all those other things play into, uh, account. And so I thought that was a uh, pretty cool. So I was just going to give that movie a plug. If you haven't watched it, watch it. I'm sure it'd be fun to like sit with the front office on a draft day. I'm sure that'd be awesome. I I don't know how much of that was Hollywood fluff and right. how much of it really does go down, but I think that would be fun. You know what's interesting to me? Like we have Mel's board and we have like all these rankings and stuff we use. 
But guys, keep in mind, these guys are actually going out and evaluating these mm. kids. So they see stuff that doesn't show up on Mel's board. You know, every year I think there's a pick in the first round and you're like, like there, there's always at least one that you're like, he went first round, you know, and there's always a faller that everyone's wondering why. And there's a reason why you just don't know, you know, and so I right. don't know why Brownlee went undrafted, but I'm hoping, uh, hoping he he makes a way to stick with the Jets and ends up having a good NFL career still. Preach. So something else I want to mention too here, it doesn't happen this week. That's why I didn't throw it in the can't wait segment, but our track and field team finished their regular season uh, in Starkville. The regular season's over, and they are gearing up for the conference meet. So it's in Conway, South Carolina, um, the conference championship, and it's May 11th through 14th. We'll talk more about it closer to time. We'll have another show come out before then. But did want to give them a shout-out there. At their last meet, um, they ended up having four people win, like win their event overall, which, you know, it's not bad. It's not running away with a meet, but it's not bad. But they were in Starkville for their last regular season one, and now they're getting ready for the conference tournament. So good luck to them and their preparation, and we'll cover more on that closer to time. Just trying to give a rundown on that. So, Chuck, catch us up in softball world. Well, Lane, I wish I had better news, but – uh, the Lady Eagles are 20 and 20 on the season. Um, they dropped all three to uh, South Alabama this weekend. Um, but I do want to um, give a shout out to um, just a few people that y'all y'all may know. Um, and the first one is Miss Caroline Worrell, who uh, you know come from Milton, Florida, and she is a senior this year. Uh, she, um, let's see, I, I had her stats pulled up, make sure I got them right. Um, uh, in the four years that she's here, she's leaving with a, um, you know, and I don't, I don't want this batting average for people to go, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Remember that, you know, 2020 was a, a shortened year and, um, 2021 was kind of crazy coming back from COVID, but she had a, uh, 1.54, uh, Point one five four uh batting average. Um, but Caroline, thank you so much for all of your um support and and passion and stuff for uh the game of softball and at Southern Miss. And the second person I want to give a shout out to is Miss Morgan Linestock, come from Scottsdale, Arizona. This one hurts a lot, um, in my opinion. Homegirl and the uh year she was here has a point Two, no, I'm sorry, 2.69 ERA with 35 wins in three years. Um, Morgan is a beast on, in the circle. Um, we are definitely going to be missing that. Some big shoes to fill. And her battery mate, Miss Hannah Borden, who came from uh, Trustville, Alabama, uh, she is leaving with a .287 uh, batting average in four years. Um, so those three girls are our seniors. They have three more games. I believe it is uh, Georgia State. I don't want to lie. Um, it's Georgia State. It is Georgia State. 
So we got we got three more chances to watch them on TV until they uh, bow out for the season. I don't think if it if softball is like baseball, I don't think that they're going to make the conference tournament. Um, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope they do. But uh, that's just yeah. Uh, I think yeah. it's yeah. I think I think they got three more. Yeah. I think they, I think they know it. Too. Yeah. So, Cur- to it. Ladies, thank y'all for giving us your, your, your time and your effort and your talent to uh, make Southern Miss better than you left it. Anybody who wears the black and gold represents us in a well way. We appreciate True story. it. So. so fly high girls. Y'all go change the world. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Good luck, ladies. Go win this weekend. So I'll catch us up in baseball now. This past week, it went very well for the Golden Eagles. We went 5-0 and last week. It was definitely a week that we needed. Um, you know, the first game we beat Tulane on a big comeback. Back-to-back home runs to one to tie it, one to win it. It was uh, – Exciting to say the least, <laughs> you know, Slade, Slade Wilkes' home run uh, to tie the game was an absolute bomb off the bat. And then Sargent comes up and almost one-ups him with his. And, um, guys, Sarge seems to be heating up. Yes. So that bat's coming alive. Uh, it was huge. Dustin Dickerson, of course, set the table for it all to happen. So, if you miss the Tulane game, guys, we jumped up on them really, really early on. And Tulane battled back and ended up taking the lead. They were up by two runs going into the ninth inning. Dustin Dickerson gets a base hit. Slade Wilkes hits a home run to tie the game. They make a pitch and change. Very next batter is uh, is Sargent, and he hits a home run to take the lead. We end up winning that one 11-10. to then we came home and played Louisiana Tech. Always nice to welcome them Always back into great. town when you, especially when you beat them, right, no Chuck? Um, we beat them six to five, and then Twitter had an absolute eruption of Golden Eagle and Cajun fans, and it was a beautiful sight to see, Chuck. Just Southern Miss and. Louisiana fans just dunking all over Louisiana Tech all night on Twitter. Uh, it was a good time. And then we play Arkansas State. You know, we kind of talked about Arkansas State's down this year. We talked about that. We went in and beat them 12-1 Friday, 4-1 Saturday, and then 17-7 to on Sunday. Our run of absolutely destroying the baseball on Sunday continues. Um, we may be the best offensive team on Sundays in the country. I'll be honest. I mean, we are rolling on Sundays. They put that stat line up a lot on the live broadcast. We already talked about it last week. I won't dive into all that again, but just know when we're playing a Sunday game, there will be some bombs hit. There will be some runs scored if history repeats itself. Um, and I'll talk to you all a little bit here about some of the top performers from the week. We already mentioned Sargent's heroics against Tulane. Well, on the week, he ended up hitting 
two home runs on the week. That one against Tulane, then he hit one on Saturday versus Arkansas State. He had hits in every single game, had RBIs in every game over the weekend. Um, Like I said, guys, the bat seems to be heating up a little bit. Dustin Dickerson, he set the table against Tulane for the big comeback. He had hits in every game this week, um, including a home run against Arkansas State. Uh, Etzel, I mean, guys, you could just go down the entire lineup. I'm going to say just about the same thing, right? They were hitting – They, I mean, the bats have come alive. Etzel is starting to now find some power that we didn't know was there, Chuck. True story. I mean, he hit two home runs last week. There's some pop that we have not seen this year from him. Uh, Slade Wilkes did what he has done all year, right? Hit one against Tulane and then hit one on Friday against Arkansas State. Peyto, we already talked about what he did. Reese Ewing, his bat's come alive lately. He's hit two home runs over the week. And so, guys, just the whole team right now, honestly, you can go down the list. Just about every one of them hit homers over the past week. A lot of them had big base hits when the – when their number was called, pitching-wise, Matt Adams being back is huge. Tanner Hall certainly looks like himself. Billy Odom had another big game. We hadn't bright. even talked about Billy. But, my goodness, guys, Billy went seven innings, seven strikeouts, only one earned run on the day. Just fantastic outing. And – um Guys, I'll be honest, man. I think we, I think this lineup and this roster. This is just an opinion here. I think we are at our best with the weekend rotation of Hall, Oldham, and Matt Adams on mm-hmm. Sunday in that order. Because I think Billy, I just think Billy's comfortable on Saturdays, man. He looks like he's at home. I think in that order we're rocking and rolling, and um. Guys, the whole batting, the whole batting order is rocking and rolling. They're crushing it right now. Right now, uh, Louisiana helped us out a little bit last week. We are sitting one game back of Coastal Carolina in the standings. We are sitting alone in second place. So, um, already mentioned who we got coming up this week. Uh, South Alabama comes to us this weekend. We got Tulane in the midweek game. Um, that midweek game will Tuesday. be on Tuesday at mm-hmm. six o'clock. Every game is at the peak. You got four games at the peak this week, so so definitely an opportunity for uh, another big week ahead of no us, doubt. guys. And so, with that being said, our opponent, you know, we talk about. South Alabama a little bit, how they always play up versus – it seems almost um, pointless to even look at South Alabama's baseball stats on the year uh, because, again, they all play like the New York Yankees whenever they play us for some reason. But looking at their team, guys, the two players I would say we have to look for is number six, Will Turner, number seven, Joseph Sullivan. Those two guys have been their best hitters all season. Their biggest home run guy is Sullivan. He has 10. Uh, Turner has nine right behind him. Both of them have really high batting averages. Will Turner's average is 380. Um, 
Very impressive by him. So to me, those are the two hitters to really watch for. Uh, on the pitching side of things, uh, Jeremy Lee seems to have started the most games for them. And um, he has a 5-2-3 ERA. Some other guys I think we'll see is Mitchell here has a 4-7-80 ERA. And everybody else just kind of has a few starts here and there. So it looks like they've been tinkering a little bit with their rotation for that third starter. But um, just judging by ERAs alone and looking at the whole team ERA, um, you know, the guess here for me would be that this is a team that has pushed across runs this year, but they have struggled to keep runs off the board. So our offense needs to stay hot. And as always, guys, I trust our pitching staff to do their thing. So one guy to look for is Garrett Conard. I don't know what his situation is right now. Let's look here. He has not pitched since uh, April 1st against James Madison. However, he came in and started the season as their Friday night guy. He's a local guy from uh, Stone County High School, so that's one to be looking for if they try to sneak him back in there for maybe a revenge game against the almost hometown team or something. But South Alabama comes in 23-21 and 21 overall, 11-10 and 10 in conference play. So that's the rundown for baseball. Right. Chuck, Basher, anything y'all want to add? Yeah, just, you know, you mentioned Edsel earlier, and I uh, just want to say it's it's super easy to uh, maybe forget how much he was hyped coming in and how it's not by any means been a letdown season for him, but I don't think that – I think he would agree that maybe he hasn't quite performed as well what, what we all expected. We just had such high hopes for him and seeing these past few weeks him finally start to turn the power on because we know how great of a defender he is out there and, and getting the average up. and. He just absolutely melted that ball to win the game today to put us up by 10 runs. And mm-hmm. um, if he can keep that going, we're just a completely different baseball team when he's hitting for that kind of power. And it was really good to see today. A lot of exciting things. Just a lot of exciting stuff right now. And he's only so, a junior, so if uh, we can keep him from getting drafted or if he decides to come back, I think having a second year under D one is going to be going to be huge for him. Right, I'd love to see it. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else? Questions, comments, concerns? No, man. I think that about covers it all. Just, it's a fun time to it be is. a Golden Eagle, we, man. This baseball team. Again, I'm I'm cautiously excited. We cautiously optimistic. Yeah, like we talked about, we know what we played last week, but guys, if we can get hot at this time in the season, this right. is the right time to do it. For sure. Well, um, if there's nothing else, we will meet y'all at the peak this weekend um, or Tuesday night against Tulane. Come uh, do some Blu ray, Beignet, Tampa Bay, whatever their little chant is with us. And uh, we'll. We'll see what the Pete has going on. But uh, thank you, Basher, for coming on the show, man. We appreciate it. I know it was very chaotic, and I promise it's not like this all the time. So please come back when we get all the kinks worked out. 
fellas. I really enjoyed y'all having me on. Well, we appreciate appreciate you. Let letting me get my, my first podcast out of the way. There you so. go. You put this on your resume, man. I'll do it. There you go. Uh, thanks to my co-host Lane, and thanks uh, to Pate um, for making the sound and look good. And good luck, students. I know finals week is coming up. Y'all uh, study hard, and then come play hard. But uh, we will see y'all next time. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. To the top. Thank you for checking out the Everyday Eagles podcast. The podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Be sure to subscribe and follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating and share this podcast with a fellow Golden Eagle. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles. To learn more about the podcast or to inquire about being a guest on the show, visit our website at edepodcast.com. Thanks again for joining us today. We will catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles podcast. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.